Welcome back to Probably About Politics for our season finale episode of our final year of doing this. Uh, thank you to our dedicated listeners who have uh, been with us through the whole time. Uh, we've had a lot of ups, and I don't think any downs. No, those. We've just been having a great time yeah. this whole year. Uh, thank you for listening, for those of you who have. <laughs> hey, uh, we'll Mom. be taking the next uh, few months off for summer break as we uh, Kaylee and I are going to be in different parts of the country for our summer but without further ado let's get into what we're talking about this week which is South Korea yep. the West's favorite Korea <laughs> yeah and I mean the uh, the most uh, sort of successful uh, representative demo- democratic state in, uh, in the, that part of the world really yeah, you could you could say that, especially in uh, as far as the states that border South Korea yeah. go. Yeah, definitely the Particularly, most successful. I mean, it, yeah, in terms of, I mean, it's, it came went from being a dictatorship <laughs> to now a, a booming economy and uh, several peaceful transfers of government. That's that's pretty good. That is exciting, and there is a. Potentially a transfer of power coming up. Mm. Probably not. No, no, not likely. So I guess let's get into the um, way that they vote their representation systems, and uh, we'll just do that real quick. All right, so, yeah, there are 300 people elected in. Mm -hmm. Uh, 253 of them have to be selected through direct elections. Yeah. And then there are 47 left uh, for a proportional, to be divvied out proportional representation um, based on the number of uh, voters they received overall. So. Okay. And the threshold is 3%, yeah. so quite low, but you have to have at least one first-past-the-post victory yeah. to be counted into that 3% threshold for the uh, PR seats. Mm-hmm. Um, why do countries do it that way? Why do we not? Why why do they not just go whole hog PR? Why do they continue to have the first past the post? I don't. I think it's complicated. I think uh, you. I mean, you see in conversations about. I mean, Canada itself is having a conversation about whether or not we should switch to proportional representation, and I think there's a sense that uh, first past the post is the democratic way of electing someone, and and so to. To switch completely um, can be kind of I think can be kind of difficult because there's uh, either I, I think maybe a lack of understanding isn't isn't a fair word to say but a belief that switch proportional representation won't be as democratic or will put their vote at risk and with I guess not not about South Korea right now but mm-hmm. in Canada we want we talk about uh, there's potential downsides of proportional representation because of the size of the country and that if you don't have that forced kind of diversity, right? Yeah. It kind of affects that. Do you think that would play a role? In, South Korea is a quite a small country. Yeah. But they do have a, I mean, a fifth of their population is in Seoul, right? So yeah. they might want that sort of diversity throughout the country? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's also, it's also a fairly hom- homogeneous yeah. uh, country. Uh, so, so there's not... I mean, if, forgive my ignorance if there is a considerable ethnic minority base in, yeah. the, in the country, um, but I don't imagine there is. And um, with proportional representation, like, that's a big uh, considered part of the advantage of it is that yeah. you do get uh, more equal 
that way, and it, it, it's easier easier entering point for um, like in theory easier entering point for women, or you know, just more it allows more variety in the candidates that can run. So it's useful in in democracies. I think it's if you want if you want a representative democracy, in my opinion, proportional representation is a much better way to go. I mean, you don't lose anyone's vote there. I don't know whether it's particularly more advantageous for South Korea to be considering it, or if it's particularly more or less necessary for them. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting that they have chosen to uh, try and incorporate it. Um, Just quickly, Mm -hmm. you did say that uh, these PR types of uh, systems provide sort of an entry point for women and minorities Mm -hmm. into politics. And uh, out of 300 or so names that are running for uh, representatives, there's only about 100 women Mm. uh, as candidates right now, which I I think is more than there has been in the past in South Korea. Yeah. So it's it's going in the right direction, (laughs) but not exactly uh, equal representation uh, as it stands right now. Yeah, I mean they also have uh, a female president uh, yeah. of a. It's a. They're a powerful country. I mean, yeah. certainly not one of the most powerful, but they matter. Definitely uh, a regional power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, when we talk, when you, you you say that like some of the um, advantages of proportional representation mm-hmm. is that some of these smaller parties can get in, that really seems to be failing at this point mm-hmm. due to the solidarity of the right, yeah. right? It's kind of, it, it still forces sort of a two-party system yeah. due to the fragmentation on the left right now, mm-hmm. which we see with the right having such a slim majority mm-hmm. and going going into this. If it was all PR, they would definitely not have a majority, right? Because no. they're polling around 40%, a little below. But with the way it is, they're probably going to win most of the first-past-the-post constituencies. Yeah, and I'd say it also give I, I I think it also gives them a bit of an advantage even in the in the PR represent uh, yeah. in that because they will have they will for, certainly have uh, uh, first past the post elected seats to yeah. get PR seats. Yeah. Uh, based on um, so it I, I think in this situation like it may be what they were seeking to do uh, didn't actually happen. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, but I mean, it, you do. It's a con- it's a pretty constant problem you see in countries running first past the post elections. Is it's very easy to split the split one side if you have like more than two parties. Yeah, and speaking of, I guess splitting things between the two parties, uh, just to quickly talk about it, a lot of the electoral uh, boundaries or the mm-hmm. constituency boundaries were redrawn. Yeah. Before this election, to uh, under, it was supposedly to make the representation in each riding uh, more uniform mm-hmm. so that there weren't such large fluctuations between them. But from what I've been reading, it also seems like they, the map was uh, gerrymandered a little bit. And yeah. when they were redrawn, a lot of the seats that were already held there mm-hmm. are now quite a bit safer than they yeah. were in the past. And this is further entrenching this two-party type of system. Mm-hmm. Something else interesting to talk about is how uh, how South Korean uh, parties usually go about campaigning. Like, I, I was reading about, um, like, a, lo- a lot of parties will, will get stages and big speakers and then put on songs and dances as a way of, like, campaigning. Yeah. Um, 
and but like that's kind of been highlighted in this this time that like the disfat while that usually works and is like kind of a a key part of campaigning in yeah. South Korea, uh, a lot of the uh, dissatisfaction with the inability of the government to get work uh, get legislation through and 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 that sort of thing has kind of uh, taken away from that in this election, from what I can tell, which is interesting. Oh, so it's not as exciting potentially yeah it's just more dissatisfaction with the government as a whole mm -hmm. with the whole sort of procedure of what's going yeah, on yeah and, and sort of viewing it as like a distraction mm. to uh to what really matters what the issues yeah uh yeah and I, I just to talk about why mm. even with a majority why things are still going slowly yeah. is uh the current majority that's held by the senior party is like 153, 153 to yeah. 147 of other parties right mm -hmm. so they have a very very slim majority and they require at least the support of at least 20 opposing yeah. party uh, MPs to uh, pass any legislation. Yeah. So even with their majority, it's slow going. Yeah, and, and the president, <coughs> she has sort of uh, set ideological plans for how they're going to get the country on a continued track to do economically well and employ its youth and stuff, but the inability to get this legislation through and the fact that like in the last year or two um south korea which had been a really economically booming country is uh it, it has slowed down certainly um and like the large youth uh population is is uh, experiencing a lot of dis dissatisfaction about uh uh like their employment levels and ability to get jobs that they would want hmm. but i mean all that all this being said they're the current uh, government still enjoys a pretty high uh, approval rating of about 40% or so going into this. Um, and bef before we started record recording, we were talking about how a lot of the youth support uh, the seniority party on the right yeah. currently. But when asked about their views on American politics, and I know that we swear we won't talk about American politics... <laughs> But sometimes it does come up uh, that they would uh, vote for Bernie Sanders. Yeah, which I, yeah, I think. I mean, it does. Rep I think it, every country kind of you, you could probably look at Canada and you'd have a lot of people saying like, "Oh yeah, it's for Bernie Sanders." But would that really translate to their yeah. election? So I think there's certainly an element of that. But I do, I I do feel like it's a a sense that. The article that I was reading that kind of got me mentioning this to you was that one of the the leaders in the uh, Minju Party, which is the social liberal yeah. uh, party, w was saying that there's no charismatic leader um, yeah. in on the left, and the left is so divided that it's difficult to get anyone behind them. So it, yeah. I guess what it's kind of indicative of with, like, I mean, like, s similar to Bernie Sanders, everybody loved Obama, right? He was a very yeah. charismatic personality. He was able to pull people behind him. This is kind of, you know, when you actually look at the policy of these people vying for uh, government, uh, and, you and you compare it, I guess, to Bernie Sanders, is <laughs> yeah. it really uh, draws the distinction of how kind of strange it is for mm -hmm. these people to say that they would support Bernie, while also supporting uh, the Seigneuri Party, and I mean a lot of their policies, they are they have uh, neoliberal uh, domestic economic policy. Mm -hmm. um, they are very, they're quite militaristic, uh, isolationist a little bit. Um, 
quite supportive of the U.S. Yeah. And their foreign policy. Uh, yeah, very anti-North Korea. Mm. Which the youth t- seem to support. Yeah, that, I think that would be important to play into yeah. it. It's like if, if you don't feel a connection to... It's easy to get behind the right if you don't feel a connection to North Korea, I yeah. think. And not that, not that when I when I say that the right are anti-North Korea, I'm not saying that the, the left are pro-North Korea. No, they yeah. don't enjoy the dictatorship <laughs> and the atrocities that happen north yeah. of the border. But they're more of a, uh, they're looking more for unification mm-hmm. and for and to support the people there mm-hmm. at least to overthrow their current uh, yeah. dictator. And more, more of that, while it seems like on the right they're more uh, anti-North Korea and yeah. just, you know, good riddance at yeah. this point. Yeah, I think this, like this, it seems like an apparent contradiction between saying that you would support Bernie Sanders and you kind of support the right in South Korea, but I think it is important to consider that like North Korea is, or the the right in South Korea, I mean, uh, North Korea is like a constant looming threat for South Korea. Yeah. They've had to deal with for a very long time, and you've got a youth population who... Who's grown up under yeah, this. And, and, and never like knew... If they do have relatives in so in North Korea, they never really knew them. I mean, yeah. there's that distance where it's just they're just a threat now. Yeah, and I mean, uh, the relationship between North and South Korea has come up in this election, obviously, with yeah. the more militaristic uh, posturing of the right, mm-hmm. and especially with their uh, missile defense system that they want yeah. to put in place uh, near the border. Yeah, <laughs> but where exactly to put it? Yeah. Seems to be a point of contention. Well, yeah, no, the right sort of unanimously agrees that they need to put up um, what's called terminal high altitude area defense, which are just uh, advanced missile defense, uh, advanced missile defense system, uh, like to de- that could be in range to detect and destroy North Korean missiles. Um, they they agree that we need to de- have this defense system, but there's a lot of not in my backyard. Yeah. Um, sort of sense that that makes even getting the the right that supports it to come together uh, difficult. Yeah, one of the one of the few uh, cracks in the armor of the uh, <laughs> very consolidated power on the right. Mm-hmm. It seems it is. It does look a lot like the right will win, mostly just because even with the divisions that they do experience, they are much more united yeah. than the left. Yeah, and just more visibly represented. I think. As United, but it is. I think it's important to like kind of note that like a big part of the reason why they kind of got to this point of having having an election that might be kind of close and not being able to get uh, laws through is that there is there is division within the right, and uh, several of the people in the government on the right have actually left the party in objection to the policies of uh, Park and her approach to uh, President Park and her approach to. Uh, politics and that uh, she's much more partisan than some of them would like. Huh. So, so do you think we could see uh, potential for a sort of a splinter group like what's current ha- currently happened on the left with the uh, People's Party? Um, yeah, I think it maybe not certainly not in this election, but I think if uh, I mean these these things aren't going to just be fixed after this election. I imagine yeah. the divisions will kind of continue, and and she has I think two more years in her presidency. Um, so I think definitely something to, to watch for the future is that you, I think you could see a shakeup in, in what 
party politics looks like in South Korea hmm. in the coming years. So, yeah, even though they may have the same sort of disagreements, there seems to be more party discipline, mm -hmm. at least on the right, and they yeah. are more willing to put those things aside to make sure that the, the, the good of the party yeah. will win. Well, uh, I guess that does it for our final episode of the year. Thanks for listening for all, what, 14, 15 of our episodes yeah. this, this year. It's been uh, a wild ride. From uh, Kyrgyzstan to Turkey to Transnistria to the whole of Europe, it yeah. seems, <laughs> to Uganda and uh, Benin yes. in Africa and Taiwan in the Pacific the Ocean. Real China. <laughs> the real China. <laughs> And uh, finally ending with uh, South Korea this, this week. Um, tune in not in two weeks uh, f because we probably won't be posting an episode. Who no. knows, though? Throughout the, throughout the summer, check back periodically. But if not, we will see you in the fall? Probably. Probably will also be about politics. <laughs> Have a good summer. <laughs>